Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all that information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process all these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeff. Joe, how are you? I'm I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I am fantastic. You know, I just had this realization about myself. This is like a little bit of confessional. Oh, well, now I'm really curious. Yeah, I'm not always good at asking back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, Joe, how you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate you asking. All right, moving on. (laughs) Like, And so if I've ever done that to you... I apologize. I just am glad that you're being so vulnerable here on the air. I bet you Bob Ball stopped whatever he was doing and paid attention. (laughs) Just to know that you were you were sharing your real soul. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Matter of fact, he he's gotta be one of our most like mess with Jeff listeners, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Like he's always telling me different things like you gotta say this, you gotta say that. Like Yeah. Anyway, he's just he's just always got something like well, hang on. He actually just requested something, and I was thinking about doing it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, he, he thinks we should switch the title of the show. Oh, really? Yeah, he thinks it should be with Joe Caruso. Oh, well. Yeah, mixed message with Joe Caruso. But the thing is, no one knows who I am unless you've already been listening to the show. That's... <laughs> you said that, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I'll be transparent again. Yeah, but if you would like to do a, a podcast just between you and Bob Ball, like... Like you record it and only Bob listens to it. Oh, I'm in. I think that would be. It's remarkably like a voicemail, <laughs> but, but it's. Oh, but it's called a podcast now. It's cool. That's right. It's yeah. it totally changed. Like you're gonna listen to that. Yeah, it's a private podcast. Only sent one way. I'll even send it through the phone. There you go. Yeah. What I like about voicemail, like people will call me, or they'll text me and say my voicemail is full, and I'm like, thank you. And they're like, did you know it's full? I'm like, yeah. You ever think maybe it's full so you don't leave a voicemail? Uh-huh. I'm just saying it's a hint that we could all live with a little bit. So one of my least favorite things, this is a little bit of a PSA and a little bit of a pet peeve all at once. When you get the beep, you know, and they're like, hi, my name is Joe. I'm not here right now, so please leave your name and number after the <laughs> message. I'll leave a short beep. As if we haven't been doing voicemails and answering machines for 30 plus years. And I call, and I told Siri to call Joe Caruso. Right. So like, <laughs> oh, I'm really, now I just have to listen to you explain what we've all known for 35 years I before know. I can leave a message. I wish, you, I was as a comedian one time and he said, uh, he goes, when I think of the phone, I think of the phone as an app on my phone that I don't want you to use. <laughs> if I could delete it, I would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I could take the phone off my phone, that's what I would do with Absolutely. my phone. Which is pretty much back to like when the, when the PDAs were a thing, like the very first like quote unquote smartphones, they weren't your phone. It was yeah. just an electronic organizer. Yeah, I had one of those. Yeah, yeah I'm back. dating myself. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was way, way back there. And then I went to BlackBerry. And just for the record, I love BlackBerry. Oh, I yeah? wish they had not tanked themselves. Oh, I, there was something about it. I like the way that they were built and all the rest. But I remember having a BlackBerry. That The big thing with, with it was is that you could get your email uh-huh. and, and mobily. It was a real big deal. And I remember um, Heidi would get mad at me because we'd be like, I remember one time distinctly we had the kids out at Disney World and we're in line and I had my Blackberry out. I was reading my emails and she was like, you're not with the family. You're not paying attention to us. So I put my Blackberry away. 
Well, now, <laughs> like, <laughs> I already know where you're going. Now, with this. everybody's addicted to the phone, yep. and it's like the you're in line. Nobody, and I'm just like, yeah, this is. I used to get rebuked for this. Now, yeah, now it's the norm. Now everybody. I don't want to call anybody out specifically, but I do know that Bob Ball does this a lot. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> poor Bob. <laughs> I don't know if that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, now we're all just caught up, or like, no, we all went downhill that fast. We all uh, went yeah. downhill that fast. It, it, it's a it's an addiction that got introduced oh. to the stream of society, and now we're all on it. But I don't know. We all, like when we when we go somewhere as a family, we play games on them mm-hmm. in line. You know, you that yep. headbands game and things like that. It's got its ups and downs for sure. Anyways, just for old sure. enough to have lived through the full transition. The, uh, the full tra- I when I this is how old I am, Joe. I'm not as old as Bob Bowell, but <laughs> I'm old enough that when I was in college, like I had a mailbox in college, and you would go every day to see if somebody wrote you a letter. I, I mean, wow, which is so antiquated, but it was 30 years ago. Uh, I don't go to my actual mailbox every day. No, I go to I go to my mailbox at home once a week. Yeah, maybe. And that's really just to throw the junk mail away. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like yesterday, I went to it only because it was f- like bulging full. I'm like, oh, because there was a package in it. I'm like, oh, I should probably get that. Yeah. Um, ironically, I was looking for the package. Well, yeah, Jeff, this your is... mailbox is your uh, is your UPS drop off now. Yeah, absolutely. Is well, that's a great segue into today's question. There you go, but it, it's not. But we should probably <laughs> just get started here. Uh, what if we just did a whole episode where we just talked about this nonsense the whole time? And, I love and, it. The, and the the listeners are like, "When are they going to get to their point?" And it's just at the end, forty five minutes later, we're like, "See you guys next week." But the title of the episode is like, "Who should I vote for?" Yeah. So everybody's <laughs> listening to it, waiting. <laughs> yeah. Answering life's deepest questions, and then we just never get around to it. Oh my gosh. You'll never believe what Pastor Jeff said. Dot, dot, dot. That's the title <laughs> of the. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, uh, we do have a submitted question. We actually have uh, a, a fun queue of questions here, but um, today's question comes from one of our listeners, and they're uh, digging into the Bible a little bit, Jeff. And their question is Why is the Gospel of John so different than the other three? Uh, so if our listeners don't know, there's four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, three of them are very comparable, but John is a little different. Why does Jesus explicitly call himself God in the book of John, but not necessarily in the other three Gospels? So Jeff, what's the difference there? Well, it's a great question. Um, if I could just back it up a smidget. So like Joe just said, there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the the four gospels are written by four people. So gospel means the truth or the story of Jesus or the good news of Jesus. So Matthew is telling the good news of Jesus. Uh, Mark is telling the good news. Luke is telling the good news. John is telling the good news. Right. So ma- the this is the disciple Matthew, the disciple Mark, the disciple Luke, the disciple John. So. These guys, the way that the Bible was written is the, the Bible tells us that the way that it was written is that the authors were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Or if you're kind of a church person, you might know that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we believe that the Bible are the words of God or the words that God wanted recorded brought through the human experience, right? So Matthew, the Holy Spirit interacted with Matthew to prompt him, lead him, remind him 
to write down the events and the teachings of Jesus that Matthew saw and was a part of and that God wanted recorded for us. Mm-hmm. And as you would go throughout the Bible, especially the New Testament, this is easiest to understand the New Testament, um, that's how the, the Scripture was written. Now that is that process is is what we would now call the Bible, and that process is the most rigorously studied, critiqued, and examined process in the history of humanity. There is no book on earth mm. that has been studied more, critiqued more, criticized more, proven more, and put to more tests than the Bible has been put to, literally. Yeah. Yep, right. Right? So after all of that, and and after uh, trusting that God is in that process, we would have what we have: the Bible, in the Bible. And so, what I like to say about the Bible is, the Bible that we have that we would look to are the words of God that are given to us through the apostles. They're the words of God revealing the truth of God that He wants us to know about Himself. So even some of the gospel writers say. I could write more, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, the, in fact, the, uh, one says, I, there's not enough ink for me to write down all the things that Jesus did. So the Gospels are not a comprehensive definition of God or, uh, or record of all that Jesus did. They are the parts of Jesus' life and teaching that God wanted us to have so mm-hmm. that we could understand him. Now, what he did in that then is fascinating. So God uses all kinds of different writers over a long period of time. And part of why he does that is he wants... And and part of why he brings that through the human author is so that we as individual human beings can understand the depth of God's love in ways that make sense to us. Mm -hmm. So Matthew's personality is going to connect with certain personalities, Mark, Luke, John, right? So, and then you could go through like the rest of the New Testament and and you could say kind of that same kind of thing. Because God brought that through people then, what happens is we get different views of God. So imagine uh, if you're listening to me, I have a coffee cup in my hand. If you're watching me, you can see this. Imagine breaking this coffee cup into four parts, and as I turn that cup and examine each of those four parts, I'm seeing different things on each part, all making the cup. Mm-hmm. I don't look at part B and think, I'm not looking at a coffee cup anymore, etc. nor do I look and say, part C contradicts part A. Right. It just is giving me that full perspective, and that's kind of what uh, God did with the four Gospels. Mm-hmm. It's a 360 view, so to say, of who Jesus is, what he said, and how he's li- and what he's like. Now, oftentimes, the authors recorded the same events, mm-hmm. but those events will be recorded in different ways because they were not perfect transcriptions of... Uh, the 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 history they weren't they weren't um, writing down the exact events of a videotape they weren't transcripts they weren't transcripts yep. but they're they're perfect because they're inspired by God rec- uh, records of God's heart and God's truth that He wants us to understand mm-hmm. so sometimes the gospels 
they add to each other, they sure. color in differently, but it's giving us a, a, a better and a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. So when you look at that, um, you would kind of look at it this way. So Matthew, Matthew is a Jew and, and Jesus was Jewish. So what you see predominantly in Matthew is you see Jesus from the perspective of the promised Jewish Messiah. That's actually one of my favorite parts of the Gospel of Matthew, which is traditionally one of the least favorite parts. It's chapter one. The when whole you, lineage. Because when you realize who he's writing to, so like you and I, we, we, we're Marvel nerds. Yeah. And so like uh, as of this recording, Black Panther 2 is coming out in a couple of weeks. And if you're like, yeah, you know, like because there was Black Panther 1 and you know how that's tied into the Avengers movies and it's tied into Thor and Iron Man and like, you're like, yeah, I am going to get excited about this movie. Well, when that Jewish audience like you're talking about started reading when he's like, this is the son of Abraham, the, the, the offspring of David, and then you go through the lineage, it's almost like they're seeing this movie reel of their right. history. Like, wait a minute. He's attached to that. Yep. So it's super exciting from their vantage point. It, when when you know this Abimadab and Nashon, and mm-hmm. when you press back into the Old Testament, you make incredible discoveries. Like, did you know that the the prostitute Rahab was in the direct genealogical line to Jesus? Right. Well, suddenly the Book of Judges makes sense. Right. And some of what God did there. So that Matthew is going to have that bent to it now. We're, I'm a Gentile, you're a Gentile, yep. that doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense to me or it doesn't speak to me, but there's an audience there because God brought it through a perspective mm-hmm. and that he really wanted and needed that to make sense. For us, it also gives validity to the Old Testament right? because it all goes together. When you look at Mark, Mark then, uh, Jesus is kind of brought through the lens of a suffering servant. Yeah. So it's in Mark that that uh, the Bible says Jesus didn't come to serve, but to to be served, but to serve. Yep. And so you start looking and saying, "Oh, this, my Savior suffered for me. What does that mean? What does it mean that He's the Lamb of God that was to be slain?" And some of that ties into Judaism. Some of that ties into me. All of that ties into my understanding who Jesus is. You get into Luke, and Luke deals... Jesus kind of comes through the lens of being the Son of Man. Luke deals a lot with Jesus' humanity. Right. So you're going to see Jesus as... Jesus is fully God, fully man. You're going to see that fully man part kind of amplified mm-hmm. or that perspective come through in Luke. Then John, the highlight of John is Jesus' deity. Mm. So the... If you think of what was highlighted or emphasized in John, it's Jesus as God, right? So John is not more important. It is different, but it's rounding out that view. And and uh, I often, when people ask me like where to start in the Bible, like I haven't read the Bible, should I start? I'll I usually say the Book of John. Start in the Book of John. And by the way, I always say read it three times. Read it once to 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 like get the information. Read it twice to understand who Jesus is. Read it a third time to understand who Jesus wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have them start there is because you get a really clear definition and perspective of Jesus as God. So there's this wonderful thing in John called the seven signs of John. Yep. So there's these seven things that. Uh, uh, in the book of John that Jesus did 
that only God could do. Mm-hmm. And what that does is you have to look and then say, if Jesus did, if he changed water to wine, um, then he's got to be God, or that has to be like a lie, right? right? And, and it makes you deal with Jesus as God. I think in, <clears throat> in our spiritual journey... Beyond Jesus's philosophy, beyond his example, beyond his teaching, and beyond his call to action, the very first thing I have to deal with is, is Jesus God? And so, is he God, yes or no? And then I would say the next question is, is he a loving God, yes or no? Because both of those things set the foundation of all of my faith. Mm -hmm. And that's what the book of John really... You you have to answer that question when you read the book of John. You can't just walk away from it. And that makes it somewhat unique. The other Gospels are also unique. Very, yep. Um, but the, the stories, the accounts don't overlap as much. Um, but uh, uh, John it starts off with um, the Word became flesh. Yep. God put skin on. Yep. Let's just start there. Yeah, and then it kind of moves from there. Yeah, it's um, even in the way that John wrote that gospel. It's um, he's instantly reflecting our introduction to God in Genesis. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word. Like he's yep. mimicking that on purpose to instantly get his readers to understand. I am comparing Jesus. I am uniting him with God. This yep. is not a guess. I'm making sure that you understand that from the get-go. That's right. Um, so it's really fun. And so when you get to read through John, uh, you get to, um, especially having in mind what Jeff just shared with us, you actually see like a really neat flavor of what he's doing through there, and it becomes even more exciting the more and more you read through it. So um, I, we'll just make this really, really clear. So Jesus does proclaim himself to be God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's... One of the reasons I think people have asked this question is because, well, was John just being biased, <laughs> or did we all did they all think that? And so um, I guess I'll ask you that side question: like, was John the only one that thought that, or was it just his unique perspective, or did they all buy into that? We'll just well, clear that up. They hundred percent all yeah. bought into that. It, like I said, these are every every gospel writer, every New Testament writer. Um, so Peter, Paul, James, Jude—you know, all of them. Uh, when they they believe that Jesus was the resurrected Messiah, yep. the 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 Son of the Living God, yep. right? And um, so it's not it's not that the other writers are wrestling with that. It's that God used John in a very specific way to to uh, put out a very specific message. Um, I, I guess you could think of it a little bit like um, like if you, Joe, you and I are both, we both teach a lot at, at Grace Church. If I looked at you and I said, uh, you can teach on anything, if I know you well, there's a high probability you would teach on something about the needs of the world mm. and the church's ability to interact with it. Sure, It's a yeah. massive, urban ministries, global ministries, a massive passage. Pass, uh, passion of yours, right? Thank yep. you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask me to preach, I'm going to preach on loving lost people yep. and reaching them. Yep. If, if I had one sermon, we're not saying different things. Nope. 
you're saying the same thing that I'm saying. We're both saying that Christ is salvation. It's going to come through your grid of life, and it's going to come through my grid of life. Yep. If we both were sitting and listening to Jesus preach, and then we were having coffee later, um, we would sit down and I would say, man, when he said there's no, under, no other name under heaven by which a man must be saved, that blew my mind. And you'd be like, I know, right? And then he said, go to all the world, <laughs> preach right. the gospel. Yep. See, that, that's what's happening here. This is not arguments. It's not debates. It's completion. Yeah. And, and God actually uses that because as human beings, we're individuals and we're different, and we hear things, um, and we're not hearing different things. We're hearing, uh, we're looking at different parts of the cup. Mm-hmm. And what, why, the reason you become a Bible student is you want to kind of look at the whole thing, but it also, it, it's okay that that part appeals to you or really... Tra- you don't ignore the other parts. Right. You still act on them. Um, but this is where gifting and passions and calling and all that then come online. Yeah, that's really, really good. Well, there's so much that we could continue to get into here, and that actually is one of the beauties of the Scripture. You will not uh, unravel all of its You'll mysteries and wonder. It. Yeah. No, it, there's always something more there, um, and it all... Uh, can bring us closer and closer to the person of Christ. So it's super good. Thanks, Jeff, for diving into that. If uh, our listeners or watchers uh, have questions they'd like us to address on this podcast, you can always do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps, uh, we would love to do that. Just feel free to reach out to us through that form. We can help you uh, navigate maybe more questions with the scripture, where to read, or other resources we'd love to point in your direction. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a church community, you can always join us here at Grace Church. Thank you very much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.